passengers, may I have your attention, please? Take your seats and secure your seatbelt. The ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are the mics on mics, and this is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike Yes. We, the Mike's on Mike's, this is Drive-By Wrestling. Uh, before we go any further, we experimented with some recording last week. We're experimenting even more this week, so we'll see what it sounds like uh, for all 15 to 30 of you. Just deal with it until we get things maybe hammered out to make uh, life a little easier on both of us. Mostly me, but both of us, so that you know, it's a little bit quicker of a turnaround for the podcast production. Mike, that being said, how the hell are you doing, my friend? I'm great, man. Uh, I got a busy day today. I'm going to do this, and then I got some stuff to prepare for WrestleStock tomorrow on Sanction Pro. WrestleStock, it's going to be a day-long event, man. It's going to be fucking wild. There's a pizza party. Pre-show tailgate, followed by five-ish hours of wrestling. Nice. Then another pizza party, and then like another like two-ish hours of wrestling. It's gonna be a crazy long day for me. I'm prepping for that. I'm good to go, man. Having a great day already. Uh, as of this recording, the new Slipknot album is out. Have not had to check it out yet, but we'll be oh, on my drive home. That is my drive to work today. There we go. Oh, there I'm just go. waiting on that, baby. I'm currently finishing. Uh, I got like an hour left in Cujo, so you know, getting through that, and then the Slipknot album is going on. Oh, uh, oh, oh! I got a new podcast for you. Okay. The old gods of Appalachia. Okay. It's, it's, it's Cthulhu crossed with Appalachia. Okay. It's like like the old gods in West Virginia. Okay, send me that because I'm going to forget. Three seasons. The first season takes place in 1917. That's all I know. Okay. That could be a, uh. That could be a road trip listen. Also, FYI, probably our last show for a couple weeks, everybody listening. Um, I'm going to be MIA for a little bit. I'll talk to you off air. I forget if I even told you, Mike. I know I did, but it's been a while. Um, but uh, we'll get back to it when we can. Anyway, Mike, there's something <laughs> on the AEW side that you wanted to touch on. Yeah. And maybe we should start with that. Um. Pretty chill week in wrestling this week, you know, not a lot to talk about, but there was something on AEW that I wanted to discuss, uh, something, someone, a group of someones, um, we're talk about the Jericho Appreciation Society, and more specifically, Daniel Garcia, um, Chris Jericho has been excellent so far in AEW about finding young talent and helping build them up. Um, And Sammy Guevara is an excellent example of that, right? Um, 
what I think is happening in the Jericho Appreciation Society is Daniel Garcia is the Sammy Guevara of that, quite obviously. But he is the only compelling part of this entire group or plot or anything. And I'm not even saying that down on these guys. Um, but watching their promo or whatever little skit at the start of AEW, every person in this group, when they do a promo, all they do is just yell. It's just, they just yell. They just talk they, loud and yell. They and Dolph Ziggler it. They just talk loud and yell. And there's no nuance or anything to it. It's just, hey, this is what we do. Even Anna Jay does it. Like, everybody in the group just talks loud and yells. Daniel Garcia is the only one that has any nuance to his character. Any, any, any anything. This whole vehicle. This whole group, it seems, serves the direct purpose of getting Daniel Garcia over, which is really all it needs to do, right? Right. Right. He's the only one that has future value here, correct? Outside Sammy Guevara. But Sammy Guevara's already kind of there, right? Is that like, mm, just waiting to take that next step type of guy, right? Mm-hmm. J.K. Green doing fucking shit. Uh, he never did. Never Sorry. did and is never going to. He's always going to be a heater. Mm-hmm. Um, those two guys, that tag team, those guys are going to be a fine tag team for the next however long they want to be a tag team. But they ain't top guys. Right. Um, I just had this realization while watching it this week where I was just like, this whole thing is just for the a direct purpose of getting Daniel Garcia. And they're succeeding fucking incredibly at it but the did the, the, the once he's gone once his story's done this has to be over this has to be over man he's the only compelling part of it his storyline is the only compelling part of it jericho's just doing what he did the first year aew was the thing and it's less compelling this time because the characters that are around him are less compelling um right but daniel garcia and the story they're telling with him Man, this is top-notch. This is some of the best shit they're doing in wrestling right now. This is an amazing story. Um, I just really wanted to talk about that. Like, I was watching it like, wow, holy shit, man. You're really watching right now the... I don't know. Is this the coming out party for Daniel Garcia? Like, are you, we're, we're literally watching this man take the next steps into, like, superstardom. And I think as a vehicle for that, the Jericho Appreciation Society has been amazing. But I think as a vehicle for literally anyone else in that group, it has been the worst thing that's happened to them. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the worst things that happened to ever rise is probably just being cut in the cuts of NXT. I don't know. I think that NXT has been or I mean, AEW has been good for them. I think it's allowed them to flourish a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Into like their own characters. But, but, I mean, um, but they need, I'm sure they they'd need, rather be working. <laughs> they need that. They're another one of those groups or people <laughs> that needs a performance. <laughs> they have one. I know. They just need to get <laughs> tightened up a little bit. Yeah, I think that overall, 
probably one of the most one of the things that people who have actual thoughts and critiques about say AEW that aren't just trying to hate and we've talked about it from the beginning on this show like they don't have the circuit they don't have the house shows and they don't have a performance center so they literally have no way to work and get better and step in front of people on TV match on TV and they need to do something about that I think that would help elevate them to where they need to get. Um, not that they're in a bad spot, they're in a good spot. But I'm saying if they want to go to the next level, they need to tighten some of these guys, specifically girls, up. Um, you know, we saw Paige Sarai. How did she say it? She got mad because someone pronounced it wrong. Help I, me out here. I'm just going to start calling her Sarai, man. I don't care. Okay. Sarai. We had a whole bit about it last week. I you still know what? know how to say it. And it's Sarai. I'm call it Paige. I'm gonna call her Paige. So right. we got we got Paige's uh promo which has some fans divided. Uh because of maybe the way she's like not some some because of what she said, some because of the way she said it or fumbled through it, I should say. Um I find it weird that she kinda throws the bosses at WWE under the bus when they literally did everything for that woman. Um saving her job when she could have been fired over drug use. Uh, you know, rolling with the sex tape. Um, you know, rolling with the allegations from Del Rio and her poor choice in men, which she still clings to. Um, but, you know, I, it's just weird. And that's one of those other things I think that I like I like the little bit of competition they have. Like AEW's always throwing jabs. WWE doesn't really do it. Um, some of them I like, some of them but they gotta get away from the I immediately come here from the other company and I gotta rip it on in my first promo. It's just um, so cliche at this point. I was sitting there watching it sitting here, literally right where I'm at right now, and was watching it. It was like Ah, uh, there it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. We got to do it. Like, we got to do it. You're an ex WWE guy. You got to take that shot, man. You got to take that shot. And, and, and here's the thing Amiro, yeah, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? We can kind of, we saw what was going on with him before he left. You know, on an, an FTR. Okay. You know what I mean? Fair. Um, but I was kind of lining up Paige more in the camp of like, the Brian Danielson, the Adam Cole, um, people who had really good careers and chose to go there for whatever reason. And, 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 uh, Cesaro as well. You know what I mean? And he didn't have like a top tier career, but he had a solid career in the company. And they're just like, Hey, I'm here now. That's it. And I thought that's where she would be. She wasn't, doesn't feel any different about her, but, you know, it's just, I see the lot of going back and forth online and giving her a hard time for stumbling over her words. Look, man, like, she's on live TV. She hasn't been on live TV in a while. It is what it is. I'm still curious to see what she's going to do there. You know what I mean? Is this a, is this a wrestling career that I'm going to be terrified of? Or is this a managerial thing helping to back 
get that woman's roster where it could be if someone knew what the fuck they were doing. Here's here's something fun. I don't care what she's doing. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, man. Uh, fair. It's their money. Also they, can, fair. they can spend it however they want. True. Um, I like Paige. So, you know, mm-hmm. man, whatever. If they're going to Paul Whiter, I'm cool with seeing her on commentary once every couple months. Right. What the fuck ever. Right. I don't care, man. I don't care. I'm a Paige fan. I like that she's on TV. Right the fuck on. Good for her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I had that thought this week where I was like, ultimately, I don't really care what she's doing, man. <laughs> Just, like, cool. You're back on TV. Right on, man. You're a fun mm-hmm. character. Uh, you add excitement to things because she always I don't want to say the word controversy because like I don't mean it like that because she's had like a lot of controversy and I don't mean it like fucking on screen her character is always doing something exciting and in the midst of controversy and whatever's going on so I am cool with that like whatever man whatever I'm just glad the chick's back in wrestling and doing what she loves man yeah I my whole thing is I do, as a person, hope she is safe when doing it. Um, let's take a break. We're going to come back. Funny, we're going to talk about another group or member of a group. The group seemed to be knocking out of the park. Hang tight. We be right back. What do you get when you mix the wit of Bobby Heyman, the knowledge of Jim Ross, and the tones of Gorilla Monsoon? (laughs) Not this, but it's what we got. This is Drive-By. All right, Mike, we're going to talk about another group, a group that I think is on top of the pro wrestling world. And that would be none other than the Bloodline, led by Roman Reigns, managed by Paul Heyman, including the Usos, Solo Sokoa, and the honorary Us Mike, Sami Zayn. Now, I don't know if you got to witness Friday Night Smackdown last week. Bro, let me tell you about Friday last week, right? (laughs) Oh, I know what you were doing. (laughs) No, let me tell you about Friday last week, right? So... And I can say this because my wife doesn't listen to this show. Okay. Right. So Friday last week. Right. So Thursday. Let me tell you Thursday. I get the Louder Than Life. Right. And I'm walking through Louder Than Life. I've been in there for maybe half an hour. Right. And I see this dude. And I'm like, I fucking know this guy. And I'm like, hey, man. Are you Jeff? And I'm not using his real name. Like, hey, man. Are you Jeff? I think I used to work with you at AT&T like a decade ago. And he was like, holy fuck, Mike, what's going on, man? Um, so, this is my dude, Jeff, man. This dude used to come to my house parties and shit, right? So, I'm kicking it with Jeff Friday. We're tailgating and shit to walk in. And uh, he's like, hey, man, you want a dose of acid? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah, hurry up and give me that shit while my wife's in the porta pot um, so I'm high as shit on acid all day Friday, right? Um, personally, something about me 
that a lot of people don't know is going on right now. Um, I know that people that listen to this show know this. Um, I lost like a, a fuck ton of people over the last like two or three years. Um, and I've been like really emotionally kind of all over the place. Like I swerved from like anger to like sadness and like tears and like minutes and shit. And, uh, it's been really fucking weird. Um, but so like Friday also was when Slipknot was playing and it was also the two year anniversary. One of my best friends, Noah passing away. Um, died of a brain aneurysm way too young. Kid was like 23 years old. Man. It was one of my best friends. I loved him. Every time I see Slipknot, I think about Noah a little bit. This time was obviously I thought about him the whole time, especially because I'm high as fuck on acid, right? <laughs> so I'm having this like emotional, like I'm fucking watching Slipknot for the eighth time in my life. And I'm fucking crying, like bawling, bawling fucking tears, right? Um, but they're like good tears. They're like sad tears, but they're like good tears, right? And um, so we leave and walk back to the hotel. Um, I'm coming down from the acid, man, but I'm still high. And I'm having this like nice emotional moment, man. Like a catharsis almost is what I felt during the Slipknot set, man. I, I, I like felt my friend there with me and I felt happy and sad all at the same time. And, uh, so my wife's in the shower and I'm catching up on, I'm like, fucking like got my hand on my head. Like, Oh my God. Like, ah, oh, dude, they're fucking kicking him out. No man. No. And then he gives him that shirt, dude. <laughs> Do you know the, like the fucking wave of re like to quote American psycho, a warm wave of relief washes over me and joy. And like I, I I cried again. Like I fucking stood up and like teared in my hotel room and cried again for Sammy Zayn. Um Yeah, man, I fucking saw it, bro. Uh it was the capper to like one of the best days I've had in like the last three years. Um I am so happy with where they're going with this, right? Right. And it is unfortunate to me that Sami Zayn will never be viewed as the guy to dethrone Roman because you have actually pretty much started telling the best fucking underdog story ever, mm -hmm. ever, ever, ever. And you don't even know it, I don't think. And it's not even a plan. It's not even the plan. And let's go back to me. What? When did I say this? A year ago? Yes. A year ago on this show that given... Kofi Kingston-esque build, Sami Zayn would be a very, very credible underdog WrestleMania challenger and yes. champion coming out of it. Yes. Yes. So, and, and I think that it's disappointing they're probably not going to do it. Well, here's the thing. I just actually had this thought while you were discussing this. But um, that's just me. <laughs> Because, you know, we've had this conversation off air, right? We've had this conversation. AJ is on the Sami Zayn dethroning Roman train. And while I love Sami Zayn, 
I don't think Sami Zayn's the guy to do that. I don't think you build Roman the way you built Roman and Sami Zayn's your answer. And that's no offense to Sami Zayn. I just don't think that's And that's the problem, right? And that's the problem, right? Right? That's the problem. Sami Zayn would be perfect, but he ain't but he ain't the answer for 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 what a thousand days as champion? Right. But here's the thing. This just popped in my head. Roman has two belts. So could we still could we keep building the underdog story? And he might not be the one to dethrone him initially, but if we figure a way to dethrone him with one title. Does that make sense? So his actual first loss is, say, Cody. We'll just say Cody, right? Because that makes the most sense, right? Right. At WrestleMania, Cody comes back. Let's fantasy book it. I know we don't like to do it. Cody comes okay, back and wins the Rumble, defeats Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Then we continue the story where now, now that he's lost one of the titles, however we figure out we do it that way, Maybe Cody says, there's only one I'm interested in, right? He wants that WWE title, right? Mm-hmm. He takes the WWE title. Roman's still Universal Champ. We continue the story, but maybe, maybe something that happened in that match. Maybe Sammy could be to blame. And then maybe the love fest starts to turn. And then maybe by SummerSlam, we have a whole new underdog story. And maybe yeah. Sammy can take the Universal off of him. Yep. That's that. See, that's also possible. And we still have an underdog story. He's not the guy that ended the thousand day reign terror, right? But he's still the guy that took the title off. He's still an underdog. I mean, there's there's definitely room for this. And I, I mean, that moment Friday was so unbelievably good that everyone in that crew did such a good job from Roman to Heyman to Sammy. To Jay, just like, take off the shirt, take off the shirt. And then when he hands him the shirt, the look of disgust on his face, like he was almost cut out of it, right? Like, such good shit. Um, I really, really, really like where they're going with this. And I mean, we all know it's going to come crashing down and hurt inside, right? Yeah. So it's just a matter of how and when. And. Can we continue to tell a great story with those same circumstances? And I'm starting to I'm starting to get a little bit of faith, a little more faith than I've ever had. And I think they could. I think they could. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they could. Um, one other thing, wrestling wise, to touch on, okay. Just put it out there. I we're not gonna sit here. I talked about it last week. We're not gonna sit here in fantasy book or Say what we think's gonna happen, but I just want to give credit this white rabbit thing. It's fucking fascinating as all get out for me. I love shit like this. I love being able to feel like you're part of it because even though you're not, but you're playing along at home, you're trying to figure out the mystery. I mean, hell, it's the kind of podcasts and books we like to listen to, right? It's, it's that kind mm-hmm. of deal. Um, so just kudos Man. to them. When the Blair Witch came out, were you one of those guys that were like, oh, man, there's clues? No, I I, I wasn't there yet. Um, Uh, You fucked up because that was a good one. (laughs) I mean, I liked Blair Witch, but I wasn't like, 
I wasn't running around a neighborhood looking the for Blair Witch. The, the Blair internet. Witch, no, nah, man, it made me full blown like use the internet for the first time. Other than <laughs> other than like downloading music and pornography, like right. the first time I really actively used the internet for an actual fucking reason was the Blair Witch. I didn't have internet access in my house till college, so that's probably why. Mm. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, just props to them. I think they're doing a great job with it. I do feel, I know there's lots of rumors, they definitely are throwing little clues out to kind of make you think it could be this guy, that guy, or the other guy. I still think it's Bray. And I also feel like it's so related to Bray that Triple H knows. I don't think Triple H would do this and not have it be Bray. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because he's, he, like Vince would, like Vince totally would, Triple H would not. He knows and he understands and he, he understands that if it's not, if it's not Bray, it's going to be so unbelievably bigger than that or it's going to get shit on. And I just don't think there's any free agent or new star out there that he could bring in that would be bigger than that at this point, right? Nah, there's no one out there. Yeah. No. I, 100%. It's, there's just not. I mean, short of like literally, literally, like you have the Undertaker, except this like the Undertaker from the Ministry of Darkness, literally like the 1998 Undertaker. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's the only way that like it won't be a letdown, you know? Right. Like that's it. That's the only way. Like like literally, like literally, you have a time machine. And you went back in time and got 1999 Ministry of Darkness Undertaker and brought him to the present day. And he's the one behind all this. That's literally the only thing that would make it not a letdown. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I don't think, I think they're all I'm, I'm quite positive that the WWE does not have that technology yet, Michael. But... But, while we wrap up, somebody who does have that technology in kayfabe, uh, Deadpool Mike, and, and, we're getting Deadpool 3 with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and I got the biggest nerd boner I think I got in a long time when I saw that video. I'm freaking the fuck out, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I watched the video at work, and it was like... My dude at work, my co-manager, if you will, uh, is not like a comic nerd guy. He's seen Logan. He was like, Logan was a very good movie. Um, but like, yeah, he didn't course. understand while I was, while I was like, I was like, she's out of his back, it's like a Wolverine. Oh my God. He was like, didn't he die in Logan? I'm like, don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's the best part. And this also proves to me, and I've seen that online, like, this is dumb, it's going to ruin Logan, and blah, 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 and it was such a perfect ending. Was it a perfect ending? Yes. Is it going to ruin anything? No. Shut up. If you're mad about this, you're just living proof that fandoms are terrible. That's all it is. Here's something crazy. If you're mad about this, you clearly have no idea how comics work. Because right. the old man Logan story, get this, you want to know what's wild? 
about that. The, the, the comic story that this, that this movie was taken from, right? Mm-hmm. It ran in the Wolverine comic. Like, straight up, we're having present-day Wolverine stories. Up oh, now this month's issue, we're going to do, like, a fucking, like, year-long run about future Wolverine. And now we're back to present-day Wolverine comics. Cool, man. <laughs> Dickheads. This is what comics do. Yep. They be telling future stories sometimes. Yep. No, that movie takes place in the future. A possible alternate future. That's what happens in comics. Marvel got a whole run of books called The End. They got The Hulk The End. They got uh, Captain America The End. They got fucking... Uh, Fantastic for the end, and it tells possible alternate final stories, possible future final stories of these superheroes. That's how comics work, man. Yeah, that's how comic movies work. Yeah, it's weird to me that people get mad when comic movies and TV shows work like fucking comics. <laughs> like, and if you haven't been paying attention, they have been setting up. Uh, multiverses, alternate timelines, and variants for like I don't know the last what two three years now. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Gonna be a whole know. lot of those guys. This is what it is. Maybe, 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 maybe. Just be happy. The actors you want as these characters are playing them again and stop being Mr. Pissy Pants. Right. Notice I said Mr. Pissy Pants. Yep. Mr. Pissy Pants. Mm -hmm. Uh, about literally fucking everything. Everything. Yep. And here's the thing. I understand that eventually there's going to be another actor playing Wolverine. I'm okay with that. I also am stoked that Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool gets to be on screen with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine at least one more time, right? Fuck yes. I mean, this is what we've wanted. It's like it's like a wrestling promoter listening to fans, right? This is what we wanted. It's what they wanted. And we're all getting to eat, right? Also... This movie comes out in phase in what? It's it appears it's going to be the first movie of Phase Six. That's what I was going to say. So Phase Six. So it's in the phase with Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Yep. So we're probably getting Wolverine Secret Wars, y'all. Yep. Yep. I propose again fantasy booking. I proposed with one of my buddies, how cool would it be to see Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and whoever they recast as Wolverine kind of face-to-face, and Deadpool has a real struggle with it. <laughs> Ooh. Even to the point of the fourth wall breaking, hashtag not my Wolverine, promoted by Deadpool. <laughs> oh, also, we're going to be able to get Deadpool and Spider-Man finally. Yep. Yep, it's going to be great. I'm so excited. I can't Dude, wait. I hope they make Wade so fucking gay for Peter Parker. 
it's way too long to wait, but my anticipation will build. I'm putting Dude, it on. I'm his put, bisexual attraction to him is one of my favorite aspects <laughs> of the comics. Oh, uh, they'll definitely do it. They'll and how he like goes out of his way to make Spider-Man incredibly uncomfortable about it. <laughs> uh, I, I'd be shocked if they don't do it, Mike. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Um, Look, man, Disney ain't, put, Disney ain't putting no creepy bisexual crush in a movie, dude. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Time will they'll, tell. Them. They'll tone down the creepiness, I bet. Maybe, but they'll they'll make it like PG thirteen creepiness instead of like R rated creepiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that said, we're possibly getting an R rated Wolverine in a what has been confirmed an R rated Deadpool movie. Give me it. Give me oh, it. Oh, dude, I hadn't even considered that. Yep. This is an R rated movie, and yep. Wolverine's gonna fucking be in it. Oh yep. my god, dude, he's gonna be fully unleashed. Yeah, fully and unleashed. I, I, I said it to some friends. I don't know if I've said it to you yet or not, but I'm gonna put it on tape. This is my prediction. Deadpool three will be the highest rated or highest grossing R rated comic book movie. Mark my words. I'm gonna go a step further. Oh, Deadpool okay. three will be the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Ooh, man, that's a that's a big one. I like the game you're playing, though. I do. I really do. I really do. Mike, is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people? Uh, just give me a second. I'm, I'm just going to do a quick Google search. Okay. I want to hear the keyboard. Click, 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 click. You're looking for the highest grossing R-rated movie, aren't you? I am. <laughs> How'd I know? Oh, bro. Nah, man. They, 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 well, okay. The Hangover? Passion of the Christ. Oh, whoa. Oh, wow. $371 million. Hmm. At the U.S. box office. Hmm. They could beat it. Hold on. Let's, oh, oh, oh. So this is fun. Here we go. Highest grossing R-rated films. Uh, so this is fun. <laughs> Number one, Joker. Number huh. two, Deadpool 2. Ah. Number three, Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> also, I'm just going to run down the top ten now that we're here. Number four, Matrix Reloaded. Number five, It. Number six, Detective Chinatown 3. Huh? Mm -hmm. Number seven, and this is why I'm reading it, Logan. <laughs> mm. So I made an easy prediction is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. The Joker made a billion fucking dollars, man. That's crazy. Deadpool 2 made $786 million. Deadpool made 782. I don't think it's going to beat Joker, man. We will see, Mike. We will see. There's a massive fan base, and I think the... If they keep doing little things like they did with the announcement, it's just going to... I mean, it's already built, but if they, especially as they get closer, it's going to build a fever pitch, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to do some damage, for sure. Yeah. 
It's going to be a, it's going to do some money. Number 16, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Maybe the greatest movie ever made. It's fantastic. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about this list one show, Mike. Oh, man. Like, it's just a, like, it's crazy what's on here. Like, <laughs> there's shit on here you wouldn't even, there's like movies I've never, like, like number 15, The Mermaid. What? What the fuck is that? I've never even heard of that shit. Can't say that I have either. Number 12, American Sniper. Propaganda got you there. <laughs> Which, hey, man, I bought in. I saw American Sniper. I walked out of that theater like I'm going to the fucking recruiting office and I'm signing back up for two more years. Uh, I get it. Shit fucking hits like that. Anyway. <laughs> well, I say it every week, Mike. Wow, I came to speak. I say it every week, Mike. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a good week. New episodes of Drive-By are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drivebypod. And follow us on Twitter at drivebypod. This has been a presentation of the Nearfall Network. Until next time, bye.